Welcome to the Weekly Livestock Market Update. I'm Brownfield Anchor Reporter. With us, as always, to talk all things markets is University of Missouri, Scott Brown. Hello, Mr. Brown. Hello, Megan. How are you? I am recovering from my first live Farm Progress show in two years, or in-person Farm Progress show in the first time in two years, but it really was nice to uh, see everyone in person. The face-to-face interaction is certainly something that we all miss. It's definitely been interesting too, especially, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, farm income, but talking to farmers about how things are heading into harvest and what they're seeing in their areas. And it really sounds like it's going to be anything but normal (laughs) again uh, as farmers get ready to roll into harvest. We certainly have a lot of uncertainty uh, in in many parts of the country for a lot of different reasons. Uh, COVID certainly sticks with us, but uh, Weather also sets up there is uh, depends on where you're at in this country, uh, whether you're going to talk about potentially record yields or record high yields, I should say, or record low yields potentially in some places. I talked to some farmers, uh, Illinois, Ohio, and Northern Iowa. Uh, the uh, the gentleman from Ohio and Illinois said maybe not investor record crops, but definitely holding on fairly well, especially on the corn side. And the farmer from uh, Northern Iowa said any, he expects to see anywhere from 50 to 100 bushel swings within f- different parts of fields really throughout his area. So uh, that'll give us plenty to talk about as it comes to uh, input prices this year for livestock. That, that's right. And of course, we get uh, a USDA report next week. I'm really curious to see what happens to both acreage and yields. USDA announced uh, this week that they were also going to be looking at data that uh, might allow them to already adjust acreage. And, and again, where do they put corn and soybean yields now with another month of data under their belt? All right. Well, we are speaking ahead of the close on Friday. So these, what we're going to talk about markets and what's been going on this week, kind of a a rough conversation or a loose conversation about uh, how markets have been trending so far through Thursday evening. So I will give you the floor. Yeah, if we start on the cattle side, um, Megan, and, and again, through Thursday evening, I'll call cash cattle uh, basically unchanged again this week. Um, feeder cattle markets, uh, we don't have all those markets in yet. So I'll call an Oklahoma City uh, feeder steer price basically steady on the week as well. Uh, on the future side, the October live cattle futures contract uh, down 285, and the uh, October feeder cattle futures contract down 265. Some of the good news this week is we continue to see uh, corn futures that move lower. The December corn futures down nearly 29 cents. I think that helps us in terms of uh, the, the bottom line for for cattlemen, and uh, e- even though we are talking about lower cattle futures. Uh, on the beef side, choice box beef prices did decline. Uh, down 670 uh, through uh, Thursday of this week. On the hog side, cash barrels and gilts uh, down nearly $2.50. The October lean hog futures contract was down 80 cents. We also lost uh, $4.85 on the pork cutout value. That was primarily with uh, lower bellies this week. On the grain side of things, how much did Ida coming in and making landfall uh, impact what's going on uh, on the grain and, and row crop side of things this week? Well, we certainly know we have impacts. I think, you know, in some cases it's going to hurt uh, yields or, or hurt the, the crop that we're trying to harvest 
in, in the southeast part of the U.S. So I'm not sure we know those effects completely yet. In some cases, it may just make harvest a lot harder than it otherwise was, was going to be. Uh, but uh, I think nothing positive uh, came out of Ida hitting, hitting landfall. Restaurant performance numbers came out this week, Scott, as we take a look at those. Uh, also looking at the comparisons uh, from 2021 to 2020. Yeah, yeah. So if we look at what we got uh, for the restaurant performance index for July, the overall index came in at 105.4 for July. That's down two-tenths of a percent from June of 2021. Um, but again, we're still comparing uh, that restaurant performance index this year to a very muted 2020 because of COVID-19. So sometimes that's hard to, to get too much out of. The report also gave us a, a little better information in terms of 60% uh, of the operators said their July 2021 sales actually exceeded uh, those from July of 2019. So relative to a pre-COVID uh, situation, uh, while uh, again, 27% of those folks would have said sales were down in 2019. But for me, good news that uh, 2021 sales do look good. The expectation side of that index uh, also fell nine-tenths of a percent. I, I think more maybe concern about economic conditions moving forward uh, is, is captured in these July numbers relative to June. The big story this week that we're going to talk about is farm income. Uh, there were some revisions made to 2019 and 2020, and uh, pretty interesting if you take a look at those numbers. Yeah, you know, Megan, if we look at uh, uh, 19 and 20, and USDA did make some revisions relative to their February report, uh, overall farm income in 2019 was revised down about $4.1 billion, while for 2020, a much larger revision down about $26.6 billion in 2020 farm income. Uh, when you start looking at some of those individual categories and, and what was USDA revising, uh, crop cash receipts uh, were revised downward by $11.8 billion. Um, that, that was part of it, but then also cash expenses uh, were increased by $11.7 billion. So the combination of those two things really led to what were the revisions uh, in, in 2020 data. And just to make sure that uh, you know, we, we think about what happened in 2020, in February, USDA said uh, 2020 farm income was going to be 125 point uh, three billion dollars they're they're now saying 98.3 billion dollars so we're, we're kind of stepping off of a different base if you will uh, in those revisions to 2019 and 2020 when you think about it in general i mean we we've had talked so much about how things ha had dropped off or how 2020 was set up to be a fairly uh, decent year for several aspects of the ag sector and that did not happen and and those numbers definitely put a spotlight on the the impact that COVID had on on agriculture as well as other industries yeah absolutely you know and and the, those 2020 levels uh you know now 98.3 billion dollars is frankly very comparable to 2019 of 94 billion dollars so we we don't look back now at 2020 and say even with the 45 point seven billion dollars of government payments that we put in in 2020 it, it didn't it, it only helped to offset um, the otherwise tough situation that we saw in terms of cash receipts and then higher expenses it, it wasn't the boost that some of the earlier february numbers would have suggested 
So we talk about revisions made in 2019 and 2020. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what USDA is expecting for 2021. Yeah, so if we look at 2021 estimates, uh, it is a, a better year, according to USDA for 2021, $113 billion net farm income estimate for 2021 uh, uh, after the, the 94.6 uh, in 2020. Now, what's happening there, uh, crap, sorry, crop cash receipts up nearly $38 billion, livestock cash receipts up nearly $27 billion, and then production expenses up $26 billion. So the combination of all those changes in, in 2021 relative to 2020 is what gives us then higher net farm income of $18.5 billion. That's about 20% higher than the 2020 projection and a little more history here, that's 49% higher than the average farm income over the 2015 to 2019 period. I say that, I feel like I say this all the time, but seriously, would you have ever thought a year ago at this time that we would be looking at prices where they are and, and an industry that's really been so resilient and has been able to bounce back and, and show so much promise following a pandemic disrupted year? So I look at so many of these different sectors. Yes, weather's made a big difference when you look at crop cash receipts as we've you know seen a, a a reduction in many crops. I, I think that's helped push crop cash receipts much higher. But but I start looking at cattle and hogs here for a minute, Megan. And you know we've got about well, I don't know eight billion dollar higher cattle and calves cash receipts. Uh, I, I I wouldn't have called for that. I don't think not that not not to that extent uh, in terms of the growth in cash receipts from 2021 to 2020. Uh, hogs another one where. We've got almost $10 billion higher hog cash receipts forecast for 21 relative to 2020. So it does, to me, say demand has been fairly strong. And you can see that uh, when you look at those cash receipt numbers. Scott, one last thing before I let you go. Uh, I want to talk a little drought as we see that continuing in the northern plains or the high plains part of the country. Um, how much are we still monitoring what's going on with herds, with the ability to feed cattle, and, and are we still, uh, how bad is it, and is it going to continue, does it look like it's going to continue to get worse? We sure aren't seeing any signs of let up. Maybe there's been some rain in some of the driest parts, uh, especially the northern plains in the last uh, week or two, but I don't think we've seen much of the deep dark red that we find on the drought monitor map going away uh, anytime quickly. I, I think, so a couple things I'll say here to cow numbers in particular, you know, right now is often the time we'll make the biggest estimates of just the, the sheer decline we'll see in cow numbers. And usually we found the cow-calf sector more resilient than we anticipate. I think part of that has to do with moving cows around um, and, and so maybe we're not going to be down as much as we might be thinking right now, but I'm still suggesting, you know, down one to 2% uh, in, in beef cow inventory come January 1. So I don't want to downplay that it isn't going to be a significant decline in terms of beef cow inventory. But, but where we sit today makes it pretty tough not to be pessimistic. 
All right, I think that'll do it for us this week. Uh, month, we are talking ahead of monthly trade data, so we will talk about that next Friday. And uh, the other big report for next week? Yeah, so USDA is going to give us a crop report next week. So we'll get to see uh, whether these uh, corn and soybean meal prices continue to move lower. It's uh, It's been a good, from a livestock feed perspective, it's been a good uh, few weeks in terms of pushing some of those feed costs lower. All right, Scott, great to see you. Uh, thank you again for joining us. Have a great weekend, Megan. So our weekly livestock market update delivered your email box every Saturday morning. Go to brownfieldagnews.com. You can also submit questions and comments there. And if you're looking for some great podcast content while you're in the cab of your truck, tractor, or combine, go to brownfieldagnews.com slash podcast. Have a great weekend. I'm Megan Grebner for Brownfield.